Welcome to the Godcasts. Well, hi there again, everyone, and welcome back to this Pilgrim's Journey, a podcast because Dave likes to walk and Dave can talk. So we're exploring yes, um, the big themes. Can I interrupt? Can I interrupt for a second? Because I'm not sure. Yeah, take, I'm not sure you're taking this seriously. Actually, are you? Could you I don't do, know where you got that from. Could you just explain to everybody what you called our recording today? <laughs> I can't actually remember, but it was something like Walkie Talkie Poddy Podcast or something like that. Dave's Walkie Talkie Poddy Waddy. Poddy Waddy. There you go. Which I, I, I think that's better. Than, but yeah, we'll go with this pilgrim's journey because, you know, sounds more spiritual, I suppose. And um, that's what you called your book. So, um, so we're arriving today in Bignall. Yes, big nor. Yes, I haven't been and changed the sign or anything. So, yeah, that's a shame. <clears throat> but we are we are going big nor, which is good. We are, yeah, definitely. Um, so you caught a bus to big nor. Yes, we caught. No, we didn't catch a bus to big nor. We had oh. to go to Chichester. So Chris yesterday. His feet were really badly blistered and he was struggling a little bit with them. So I had to kind of work out what to do. And, and the only thing I could think about was if we could get into a town big enough with a chemist, we could get some blister plasters and things. Um, and so the nearest place was Chichester, which wasn't on my route originally. And I don't know why I missed Chichester out because that seems like a really good place to have gone. So we, we caught the bus the one bus a day from Bignor, I think, into Chichester. Um, yeah. So we could quickly do some shopping, get some plasters and things, and then we picked up the footpath from there and carried on. So, yeah, I actually didn't walk all the way, did I? I went on a bus briefly and a train once. And, and a train, yeah, yeah. So this pilgrim's... I suppose you could be a pilgrim on a train, but it's just nice when people are more upfront about what actually happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chichester was interesting going into the town and just again that busyness, suddenly being surrounded again by lots of people and trying to cope with all the noise and chaos. And it was nice. And Chichester's a lovely, beautiful place. Mm. But when you're sort of got really into the swing of quiet rural footpaths and tracks and things yeah it's a little irritating i think i might mention that tomorrow as well not that i go on and on and on about things I think but how hard it was yeah no it's true <clears throat> and I've, I've noticed that you're blaming chris as well for um it was chris's feet it was, yeah, it was, it was all, all going fine until his he needed plastered yeah it was all his fault basically uh, and I like what you write about in that, about um, this painting you saw, uh, Hannah Dunnett. Um, my mum's a big fan of, of her stuff, and she, a while ago, bought us a, um, a calendar. Um, so every month there was a new picture. Uh, for people who don't know, she sort of weaves scripture into the picture. Yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, it is fabulous. And that was I saw this, this painting uh, of hers called God of All Comfort, and it's a sort of... Um, an image of the sea and the coast and again as you say all these beautiful scriptures in there 
link to comfort come to me those who are weary and all that sort of stuff it was yeah it was beautiful mm. Mm. the um it's funny isn't it because I, I guess the idea of a pilgrimage is uncomfortable to a lot of people because you're giving up a lot of comforts you know you're giving up the comfort of um your home your house your bed <coughs> your stuff you know um for you clean running water um which is something that we're still hoping you'll go back to it at some point in your life um and sort of reflect on comfort is probably quite appropriate in in that journey um yeah yeah uh, i mean i suppose in in some way compared to that comfortable life at home most evenings were not that comfortable either you know sleeping on a bed mat on the floor or um i think probably this night chris and i slept on the pews in the church we slept wow. in the church um beautiful little church um which was just slightly weird when you woke up and found some frogs hopping around <laughs> and just wondered well, when you had hopped across the top of you in the middle of the night um but yeah so sometimes it was uncomfortable in the walking sometimes it was uncomfortable when it was very hot or when it was just you know relentless rain hmm. there was that sort of uncomfortableness but relatively i think the thing i i tried to hold on to was how comfortable my normal life was and i know you don't think anything about my life is normal but you know in the context of hospitality and thinking about refugees and asylum seekers and you know my life is so comfortable mm. and even this walk was comfortable mm. i had somewhere to stay every night i knew that pretty much and i could mm. I had money to buy the food that i needed i had all the right clothes and equipment and and so within the context of the lives of many people mm. it wasn't that uncomfortable uh, in a physical way mm. Mm. Um, and and also there was something very comforting about getting closer to god mm. Mm. Um, which i suppose is what sort of this picture sort of just made me reflect on you know that whole thing about what does it mean to know a god who's the god of all comfort Mm, mm, mm. Is it, you know, to have that promise that, that no matter what's going on in your life God is there mm. always available mm. the God of compassion and comfort mm. it's interesting isn't it the way we use the word comfort because I think we, we're using it slightly differently now aren't we? we we can think of it as being comfortable like being sort of cosy um but the things that comfort us, um, you know, I think the way that God comforts us it is not the whole there, there, it's all all right, um, everything's safe and, and normal. Because quite often, you know, when we first come to Jesus, we, we can be uncomfortable you know, and he can make us uncomfortable because what he has to offer us is, is deeper than, you know, just mm -hmm. there, there, it's all all right. You know, you can have this safe sort of cosy life. Uh, the, the comfort of God is actually something, and I'm not saying there's not time and, and places for, for God just to allow us to rest in, in that safety of his presence. Because um, if he always made us uncomfortable, um, it'd be a very different relationship we had with him. Um, but the the comfort somehow is, is richer 
is, is more real than um, I just want to wrap you in cotton wool and take you out of this situation <clears throat> or somehow make it make it all okay again. Yeah, um, that's interesting thinking about that because one of the things probably as ministers you and I have, have will have talked about or thought about is how do we get people out of their comfort zone? Yeah. yeah. Out of the comfort zone of normal worldly life mm-hmm. and draw them into the comfort of God, which, as you say, ironically, will be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and challenging perhaps at times. And, and um, yeah, so it's a comfort that can at the same time be uncomfortable mm-hmm. because because god's comfort although you know it's it's wrapped up in hope and promise and mercy and grace mm-hmm. it's a comfort that says you know let's look at the other things we've talked about come follow me mm-hmm. live this life mm-hmm. look differently on the world and on yourself mm-hmm. um and and in doing so you will find comfort I, you know the, the narrow path all those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm that lead to a full deeper understanding and of god's comfort or the comfort found in god mm. our challenges are different to what we've become used to in our life but yeah i, I think it's about uh, jesus starts the sermon on the mount doesn't he talking about uh, all the beatitudes and talks about you know blessed are those who mourn for, for they shall be comforted um and what we see throughout the whole of that message is a shift in values Um, and the way that we the things that we value now the things that we prize the the way up that we live in in the world um, the way of Jesus is uncomfortable to that but when we shift our values around and put God first and put others before ourselves uh, then there is God's comfort makes sense in, in that context uh, I remember, uh, I think I may have mentioned this book before, um, Max Licardo's book uh, on prayer um, before our men. And he writes about um, healing in, in that when he's talking about prayer. And he talks about the way that you know God heals. And he says God can heal us instantly, can heal us gradually through other things, through gifts that he's given to people. Uh, or God can heal us ultimately. And the ultimate healing is to be in the presence of God where there is no death or crying or mourning or pain. Uh, and the truth is that we want the instant. We'll kind of accept the gradual. But the idea of ultimate healing is it is it's comforting after it's happened, but it's not the comfortable truth that we want. Um, it's not the kind of the, the answer that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God's comfort isn't always comfortable. It's that odd sort of balance, isn't it? Yeah, um, that, that that thing about ultimate healing, you know, it's always been something that I've tried to hold in my relationships with people that I'm visiting in hospitals or mm-hmm. families who are um, coming to terms with someone who's been given a you know a terminal diagnosis and things that you know the idea of ultimate healing to be perfect in God mm-hmm. is impossible in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about beyond this world. And as you say, whilst there is some fabulous comfort at the idea of being with God for eternity, the getting there means means yeah. letting go of all of this, and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I, I used to find, I found huge comfort with Ben, my son, when his simple uh, faith 
and and I was going to say ambition, but that sounds a bit bit wrong. When when he talked about I want to be with Jesus, mm. you know, when he knew that the, the surgeries weren't going to make any difference anymore, mm. there was some comfort in knowing that he had that confidence in God. Mm. But it wasn't comfortable no. at any point, no. really, to, 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 honestly, to think about him dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it can be a very mixed up emotion. Mm. The comfort that we find in God, because mm. because of what it what it's wrapped around, mm. you know the uncomfortableness of whatever's going on that draws us closer to God in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's something unseen about that, isn't there? There's something unknown. It's it's faith, and it's um, it's not blind faith, uh, but it is a, it is a leap of faith. Um, and like you say, I think when you watching loved ones like you did with Ben and uh, take that journey their acceptance of that uh, their their um, confidence in that is you know it has a measure of comfort but it doesn't change the fact that you it's not lost for them but you're about to lose them mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah for sure and I, I I write in my reflections about that time and about the comfort I found in being able to get closer to God, um, mm -hmm. and that there were times early on where, when it felt dark and and dreadful, um, but but uh, was it? I, I don't know how best to describe it. Just I, I there, was, there was a point early on. I think when I used to pray to God about fixing this and take mm -hmm. it away or give it to me, mm -hmm. and be very specific in my quite demanding prayers of God when I was praying around Ben's situation or my situation really I suppose mm. um, and I suppose the comfort that I found in Ben's confidence in his relationship with God mm. was was what led me to a point where where I I realized the only prayer that I needed to pray or be able to pray in those situations was not telling God what he should be doing mm. or what he might not have noticed or what he'd forgotten or mm. what I wanted. Mm. The prayer that I got to, and it really is my, my daily prayer now, and that's not just because I'm lazy and don't want to pray long prayers, but it, it's a prayer that says, God, today I trust you in everything. Mm. And and I found that prayer, the comfort in that prayer, mm, mm. Uh, really powerful because it meant I could stop wittering on and getting lost emotionally in things mm, mm. and actually declare what I wanted to declare. Mm. I know already God knows what's going on today. He knows what's going to happen. He knows how I'm feeling. He knows all these things. Mm. What matters is that he will help me just to continue to trust him with it all. Mm. Um, and that, I suppose, was was the depth of comfort I found in him. Mm. I didn't have to throw it all out there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was quite liberating to get to that place, yeah. Um, yeah. to just be able to sit down in the morning and pray this simple prayer, which was which was a focused on me rather than on what I wanted from God. Mm. And, and not having to understand it all as well you know yeah, yeah. sometimes it is just a mess you know sometimes it is just painful um from here you know 
Yeah, and the, the difficulty, I think, sometimes is when if you pray, you know, if you make a list of things that you want resolved in a situation or that are bothering and you're troubling you, you, you can just go on and on and on and, and worry that you've missed something. Mm. I, I wrote a, a piece, a short piece, that was um, about what's the point of prayer mm. um, after Ben had died. And it was it was written out of the context of Ben's death and um, four other people in the church at the time had had cancer. Mm. Um, two of them, had, two two of the others had died. One was completely clear, and the other was still sort of in and out of remission. And and I was reflecting on it and sort of saying, what do we think prayer is doing in that? Is does this mean we didn't pray well enough for some of those people or, or we prayed more for, you know, did we throw our prayers in one direction and forget to pray for someone else or were they, did it measure, was it a measure of who they were or anything? And those questions were really built on some of the sort of historical understandings I think we have on prayer. Mm. Um, and it was in that that I was able to sort of reflect on this idea of trusting God the outcome, ultimate healing, um, I think, you know, Ben got and, and the two other people in that group that, that died too, I believe with all confidence that they have been ultimately healed and, mm. and now live those healed lives. Mm. Um, but the way we think prayer works is, is quite an interesting um Thing. I think it's a problem for us still mm. in in Christianity today. I, I a couple of years ago did a very brief little podcast about it. What what do you think we're doing with prayer? Mm. Maybe we'll come on to that another time. But mm. Mm. yeah, the comfort that I found in just being able to pray that simplicity prayer. Yeah, yeah. Um, was quite important. Kind of reminds me of a verse. I think it's in Isaiah somewhere where it says. Um, you will keep in perfect peace those whose hearts are stayed on you. Um, and there's that, there's that sort of two-wayness there that actually without the trust, there is no peace, there is no, com mm. there's no comfort, there's no confidence. Mm. Um, and very often what we want God to do is solve our end of the deal. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but actually it's, you know, that, and when you were talking, I was thinking about a lady in our church who... Um, just a couple of years ago, said she'd always struggled with prayer because she'd always asked for things that she'd never got, and it was always like, "Well, there's no no point," or perhaps I'm not, you know, good enough, or I believe strong enough, and all those kind of questions that come up for us all, if we're honest. Uh, and she said, "Now what I do at the end of every day is I lie in my bed and I just hand it over, and I don't tell him what to do. I just say, here's what's happening. Here's you know, here's what I'm worried about.'" And I just literally tell him, you just hand it over. And she said, and I've realized that things mysteriously arrange themselves in a way that I wouldn't have asked for, but is better than what I would have wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think that experience of the walk of faith is really helpful um, to have the years that you've notched up of um, learning prayer, walking in prayer uh, and realizing, actually, I, I just need to trust him. I just need to hand it to mm -hmm. him. Um, I'll walk with him, you know, through it. 
because uh, we the truth is we talk about prayer being a relationship you know being a not a not a sort of a shopping list but a conversation but do we actually expect to hear god when we pray you know are we leaving space for that yeah um, and sometimes god replies in the answers we do or don't get as well you know not just in the moment um which is a far more dynamic you know it actually takes letting god know us and letting god you know taking time to to get to know god um yeah yeah um i suppose one of the things this pilgrimage walk gave me the privilege of was the space to wait to hear the answer Hmm. and sometimes it felt like um the answer came later in the day or a couple of days later in something physical that i might have seen or an encounter with somebody Hmm. because i wasn't so busy as I, as we are normally in our lives, and especially in our ministry lives, preparing for this service in meetings, all those other things, there was space for me to see those answers that, that God had just been not holding back, but waiting to reveal to me at the right moment. Um, and that was very much, you know, the, the experience I had on the walk was that I could, I could find myself in conversation with god and later that day get to the top of a hill sit down somewhere or or arrive somewhere or have a conversation with someone and then realize okay yeah that's that's what i was looking for or that's what i was trying to to get my head around today Um, but it's very different as you say to the um i've just had my prayers and i've told god what what it is that i want an answer to Mm. Um, I think very often the thing is, you know, when we talked about questions and answers, mm. giving value, giving time to them, it's the same with God. Mm. We, need, we need to, you know, if these things are important enough to share with God, it's not that he needs time to think about it, but the value of waiting mm. for the answer um, and listening for the answer not just becoming impatient because Mm -hmm. before we do is go to god with as you say a shopping list and we don't get those things we've just been disappointed yeah yeah yeah. and again that's part of our problem with prayer disappointment because we didn't get what i wanted what i told Mm -hmm. god i needed Mm -hmm. whereas if we go without expectation but accepting what god wants to say to us Mm. we can only be we can only be satisfied and encouraged by that. And I think there's something in you know, Jesus's words in the upper room. Um, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain things we're not ready to hear yet. Um, and sometimes, you know, like you say, it's up on the mountaintop. It's at those places where you stop and look back that you realize, oh, this is an answer to a question I was asking years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, or this is why it happened this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's waiting for those because we weren't ready back then to know. And and that sort of links um, the title I think that I had for this day was was compassion and comfort. Mm. And sometimes mm. I think you know it is God's compassionate nature that He doesn't tell us everything now because <laughs> we can't cope with it. Yeah. You know, I know in in human relationships there are times when people have said stuff to me that they didn't need to say they just wanted to unload it all on me and it's not you know it's not been helpful 
And maybe I've done the same and said things to people that I could have held back or could have held on to because it wasn't the right time. Um, but one of God's acts of compassion is revealing his plan and his purpose as we are able to, to deal with it. it Absolutely. And those two things go together. Mm. I mean, we just, well, there'd be no point, there'd be no journey if we kind of accepted Jesus into our lives, gave ourselves over to that, and instantly God sort of snapped his fingers and we were like, wow, now I know everything and it's all, we wouldn't be able to cope with it. We'd be yeah. mind blown. So. Yeah, absolutely. So that was Big Nor. Indeed, yeah, Big Nor. Upper was... Beading next. Yes, Upper Beading, heading off on the South Plains Way. And I'm very excited because you've named this chapter Fashion. Yeah, I knew you'd be excited because you are something of a fashion guru. Um, it, well, it's guru. I know people, all the word. people sort of follow you and, and what's going on there. So. It's, um, yeah, it's a burden I have to bear. But um, yeah, I think I think you'll find it's a burden others bear. <laughs> <laughs> what me me generally? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Catch you tomorrow. Yeah. Excellent. Cheers, John. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Godcasts. Mm-hmm.